Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. our beautiful podcast coven we are super excited to be back with you this week with another amazing guest joining us all the way from milwaukee wisconsin in the usa the author of many books including the tarot coloring book tarot for troubled times astrology for real life and tarot no questions asked mastering the art of intuitive tarot reading she has been a full-time tarot reader for over 30 years people flocking to her straight-talking, grounded and practical style without all the woo-woo fluff. The host of podcasts Tarot Bites and Astrology Bites and co-host of Talking Shop, giving solid business advice for metaphysical entrepreneurs. She's also a certified yoga instructor with an eclectic teaching style, students loving her freewheeling classes where they may listen to gangster rap while in downward-facing dog. (laughs) We are so honoured to have her speaking with us today. Introducing Teresa Reed, also known as the Tarot Lady. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted to talk with you. Uh, what time of day is it by you? Of course, I'm totally curious because it's evening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning over here. Tuesday okay, not morning. too terrible. <laughs> yeah, what are you over there? It is 6 o'clock p.m. Beautiful. It's crazy, isn't it, that we can be speaking on other side of the world. It's amazing. Power of Zoom. I love it. Yes, yeah. I love it. I think it's so, it's so, I mean, technology has brought people together in ways we never thought possible when I was younger. So I love oh, it. Same, same here. It's incredible. So first up, a question I always ask our guests, what does the word which mean to you? Well, for me, it means nonconformity. It means freedom to be yourself because, you know, back, I mean, I, I remember back in the day when I would was first doing tarot readings, people would sometimes toss that word at me and I think they meant it as a negativity, but I always thought, oh yeah, that's cool. Of course that's cool. It means I am not fitting into this quote unquote normal thing. So I look at it as freedom. I look at it as nonconformity, the ability to really be yourself and unapologetically yourself and not fit into again, the mainstream. So that's how I tend to look at it. Mm, I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> yeah, I've never I been that. a mainstream person ever, 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 <laughs> ever. So it, I, I, that's a title I don't mind one bit. Yep, same here. <laughs> it seems to be working out for you just perfectly too as you, you know, follow your own path as well. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing about uh, witchcraft. Now, back in the day, I remember when I was really, really young, my mother used to get one of those uh, gossip magazines called the National Enquirer. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you get that in Australia, but it, they had it all over the place here. And she would always pick it up. And there was an ad in the back. It was a full page ad for a book called The Magic of Witchcraft. And it had like all these promises of spells you could do. And I remember sitting in the old Morris chairs and I would like pour over that ad and think, this is so cool. 
I need to get that witchcraft book. I need to figure out this money magnet. And I mean, I remember that at a very, very young age. And so also, you know, the whole idea of witchcraft wasn't just about nonconformity and freedom, but it's about the ability to take control of your life. And at a very young age, I wanted to feel that sense of empowerment. I wanted to feel that sense like I'm in control of things. I'm in the driver's seat. You know, it's so funny. Somebody asked me once, what is the favorite? What is your favorite thing about childhood? What did you want to be when you grew up? I said, I wanted to be an adult. I could not <laughs> wait to be an adult so I could be free and do all the things I wanted to do. And I, I, I think often about that ad, how that ad as weird as it sounds, really influenced me to get into, you know, all kinds of witchy stuff at a very early age. Yeah. I love that from one ad in the back of a glossy. Yes. And I mean, I, you can find examples of that ad if you go search for it. So there, yes, there are still uh, ads for that, uh, uh, copies of that old ad. And it really did deeply influence me. And and it's so funny because my husband says, oh, you're always so influenced by advertising. I'm like, (laughs) well, sometimes it's for a good thing, though. And, you know, that certainly did have a big impact on me when I was young. Absolutely. Inspiration strikes us in the most unusual of ways sometimes, doesn't it? Yes. Um, well, excellent. I guess that's a beautiful segue into talking about uh, tarot. So what first intrigued you about working with tarot and when did you first start doing readings? Well, uh, actually, I got into tarot when I was about 15 years old and I got it got in it through the back door through astrology is what I like to say is, uh-huh. uh, you know, I was always, like I said, a nonconformist and super obsessed with music and all that kind of stuff, too. And I made friends with a gal when I was 15 and we're still, by the way, really good friends to this day. Aww. And we were both oddballs for different reasons. And her mother, and by the way, I grew up in a rural area with lots of farm folks. And her mother was like very unusual. She was a pianist. She was a therapist. She was, um, what else? You know, she was into all kinds of neat stuff. Oh, and she was also really into astrology. Mm. And so anyhow, she uh, said one day, I want to do your chart. I said, yeah, sure, of course. I didn't know what she was going to tell me. You know, Mm. I'd seen horoscopes in the newspaper. And she sat down and did the chart, and I was fascinated. I'm like, Mm. okay, this makes more sense than anything my parents are telling me. I need to learn astrology. Wow. So I started learning astrology. uh, And then one time we were at the mall, and they had a bookstore back in the day called Walden Books. They don't exist anymore. And I went into the bookstore looking for an astrology book, specifically the one that she had. Uh-huh. And when I went into the uh, bookstore, I noticed there was a tarot deck. And I'm like, oh, I saw that in the movies. <laughs> because, again, I'm susceptible to ads and movies, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> and so I ended up, I took it home on a whim. And um, I remember getting home and opening it up and starting to page through the book that came with it. They have the little white book and looking at all the cards and I was instantly obsessed. So suddenly I'm like, I got to learn tarot too. And (laughs) I've had a tarot deck in my hands ever since. And I'm almost 60 years old. So, I mean, that's a long time to be obsessed with something. And that's really how, that's really how it uh, happened. Just having the good fortune of being friends with someone whose mother 
opened a door. And then from there, it opened another door. And the interesting thing is, um, I was never able to find her books in the stores. But when she passed on, she gave me her book. Oh, wow. wow. So and it's it's so old and beat up. I have it wrapped in plastic and tucked into a a space so that nothing will happen to it. Mm. I actually also found on uh, Amazon, many years later, uh, a, a copy of the book. And it's almost in pristine condition. So I have a backup copy now. Yeah, to actually oh, wow. use. <laughs> one to keep in mind. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful, though. And I love how, yeah, this journey of life does lead you to those people, those pivotal moments of, you know, mentors and teachers. And, and obviously she was that for you in in that way of bringing your awareness to astrology and and then you finding tarot and that in, definitely interconnected, aren't they? Tarot and astrology. They, they are. And, you know, back then we didn't have the internet. And mm. like I said, I grew up in a rural area. So to get access to any of that is, was really, really hard. You had to really want it. It's the same like with mm. music. I was, I've always been obsessed with music. And uh, when I was young, I just remember so many years ago, again, looking at the one of these little newspaper things, and there was an ad in there for punk rock or some kind of article about it. And I was 12 years old at the time and very precocious. And I asked my mother, I said, well, what's punk rock? My mom said, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm like, well, I'm going to find out. <laughs> and the next time we were in a grocery store, I was over at the magazines, and there was a magazine called Cream. And it said something about punk rock on the cover. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy that. Mm-hmm. So I bought the magazine, took it home. And that magazine, no 12-year-old should have had their hands on it. But my parents <laughs> were not paying attention. And suddenly I learned about it. And I got really super obsessed with that. And and by wow. the way, again, in a rural area, being the only punk rocker <laughs> back in the 70s, yeah. I, was, I was basically asking to get my ass kicked. Oh. But uh, I got completely obsessed with it. And so I would save up my allowance. I would go to the record store on the times we'd go into town. And I would I would tell this guy, listen, I need you to special order me this album, this and this and this. And <laughs> this guy would look at me because I'm this little kid this little dork and he'd be like are you sure you want this I'm like yes I want that uh because I knew I had to get my hands on it and he had to order because in a rural area small town they didn't have that type of records yeah now of course I date myself by saying records so again (laughs) a lot of the things that have happened in my life have happened by these weird little incidents Mm. that all of a sudden I got curious I got nosy and I'm like, yeah. I've got to learn more. I need to know what this is. And I think being curious is a good thing. It can oh, get yeah. you into trouble, but it can take you into amazing places. Mm. But also it strikes me, you say that um, it was a small town. You know, how conservative was it? So it's one thing to be curious. It's another to have the freedom enough to feel free enough to inquire about these things and, you know, have have permission to explore these things. Well, the reason I had permission to explore it is my parents were uh, overloaded with a lot of illness and too many kids. Uh-huh. So I got away with a lot of things that I shouldn't have gotten away with. They <laughs> ah, were strict. Freedom. But yeah. yes, they were busy. And it was a different time back then. It really yeah. was. Mm-hmm. I mean, kids now have the internet, which opens them up to a lot of things that they can explore too. Sure, I yeah. probably would have loved the internet when I was uh-huh. a kid. Um, but we did. And being in a rural area, uh, going to like, 
the times that we would go to the mall, I was just hungry for something very different. Absolutely. I never felt in with that rural area. It was extremely conservative. It's still, by the way, it's still very conservative. Mm-hmm. I don't live there anymore. I got to the city as soon as I could. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I could not wait to get to the city. Again, my whole goal as a kid was I need to become an adult and get the hell out of here. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's it's still super, super conservative. And, you know, things are are better, but it is not for someone like me. I never fit in there. I could not wait to get out and do my thing and be free. And that was always my, my goal. And I just felt, I just felt like when I discovered music and especially the alternative stuff, that was stuff that just spoke to me because like, ah, there's people like me out there that probably don't want to live here either. You know? (laughs) So I just remember all that so vividly. Fascinating. It is. It's a journey. (laughs) It's always a journey. Yeah. So you've authored many books, but one that really caught my eye is Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering the Art of Intuitive Reading. So is this a book just for people who already have experience working with tarot or can anybody learn? Anybody can learn. That book is really a manual based on all the teachings I've done over the years because I've taught a lot of tarot classes and I wanted to put all that stuff together in a book. So that was the goal behind that. But that book is for beginner or intermediate students or even students who are advanced and want to go pro will find something in there for them. I give them all the information about the tarot, but also about intuition. And then there's even a section back there on business for people who want to get serious with their work. So it, it can cover a lot, a lot for a lot of different uh, interests. Mm, that covers a amazing. lot of ground. Yeah, like solid, solid foundation wherever you're at. Well, you know, here's the thing with tarot. Um, and intuitive tarot, there's there's so many different schools of thought with tarot. There's systems. There's different yeah. ways people like to read tarot. Uh, like, for example, some people work with elemental dignities. Some people read reversals. Some people don't. Uh, I consider myself an intuitive reader. Mm-hmm. And intuition doesn't mean that you just discard what the cards mean and say whatever the hell comes off the top of your head. That's not what it's about. You still need that foundation. But the intuition really allows you to maybe see other deeper things in there that you might not see if you're just going with a system. Mm. So you're still using that framework and you're using, you're bringing framework, extra elements into it. The framework is really important. Uh, you know, I, I have heard some teachers say, who are intuitive readers, toss the book, forget about the book, just say whatever comes into your head. Mm. And to me, I'm like, mm, you should know the history. You should know mm. something about how the cards work. You should understand the numbers. You should understand what the artist was trying to convey. Yeah. And also when you have that foundation, here's the thing. A good foundation gives you a springboard so your intuition can work better. I like to say if you have a good tarot education, you have an understanding, kind of like building a house. Mm-hmm. We have our foundation for the house. And then your intuition is like the interior designer who comes around <laughs> and makes it beautiful. So the foundation's that. necessary. You need to learn it. And I also think it's important to keep learning. I don't care how long you've been reading tarot or doing astrology. You should continue to take classes. You should yeah. never stop learning because there's always a new angle. There's somebody's new thought or there's something maybe a part of it that you've never heard of before. Mm. So I love to take classes and read all the books and keep learning. 
do you get surprised? Do you have still those moments where you're like, oh, that's curious or wow, look at that? Absolutely. <laughs> and I love that when that happens. I love it when I learn something and I'm like, oh my God. You know, sometimes when I'm having guests for my podcast, uh, I have two podcasts and people will sometimes suggest a topic. I'm like, what? What the hell are you talking about? Ah. <laughs> of course we're going to talk about it all because I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. I learned so much from my podcast guests. Yeah. Uh, because again, you never stop learning. I had somebody recently who was talking all about lunar phases in your natal chart. I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. work with that. You're, you got to get on the podcast and tell me more about this. Nice. So I love that. Awesome. And as do we. That's what yeah. we love about ours as well. We learn so much oh, every gosh. time we, we speak to a guest. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of curious minds, you also have a tarot for kids deck for little ones. What ages has this deck been created for? So that deck is created for any child from ages probably around 6 to 14. But you know what's really interesting? A lot of adults love the deck. So I like to say it's for the young at heart, too. So it's been a surprising hit, not just with children, uh, but also with with tarot deck creators or collectors and also older readers, too. So that's very fascinating to me. Maybe older Mm. readers but new to tarot or not necessarily even new to tarot. They're just drawn to that deck. They're just drawn to the deck. So it's it's had a very good appeal. But, you know, when I was, again, young and a curious child, and I I get it, I'm going to go back to that witchcraft ad, how Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have a tarot deck Mm. or stuff like the stuff Mm -hmm. that's coming out now for young people. There's astrology books for kids. There's witchcraft books for kids. There's all this stuff coming out. And I always think like, wow, between that and the internet, what a joy it is to be a kid now. Yeah, it's I'd tailored be to kids. Same yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just wait oh, until you're incredible. a grown up. You you have access to things that are actually for you as a as a kid. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I even like when I go down to like uh, metaphysical shops, and I'm yeah. like, wow. Oh, I mean, this is kind of kid friendly in here. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's really neat. I think a lot of parents are very open to having their children explore spiritual things and figure out their own paths, which again, yeah. much different than when I grew up. When I grew up, mm-hmm. you went to church, that was it. You got your CCD, and there was mm-hmm. no other talk about any other ways of thinking or being. At least where I grew up, yeah. and uh, to think that you can have these choices, I love that. So do I. I couldn't agree more. I think there's just a lot more. Um freedom and less stigma, I guess, around the esoteric style of things. Yes. And yeah, which is huge. I know even from when I was a kid, um, you know, I guess my my grandmother was Catholic. So um yeah, owning a tarot deck was a big taboo. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. you don't you don't go near that, you don't touch that and all that kind of thing. So I think um in this day and age and with the internet and there's a lot more freedom and choice around it, which is great. And people are a bit more open-minded, hopefully. Yeah. It's gotten better because when I, first of all, you know, like I said, my parents didn't really care what I was doing. They, they had more of an attitude about the music I was listening to mm. than they did about me playing around with those tarot cards. And also, this is what's really interesting. I grew up with farm folks and my parents, my mother and my grandmother were very psychic. And they believed in things oh, like wow. omens and and all yeah. this stuff. And 
And there was a farmer's almanac where you had to plant on this moon or that moon, uh-huh. or fish on this moon and that moon. So, I mean, we grew up with all this witchy stuff, but they didn't think yeah. of it like that. And yeah. I had another grandmother that I lived with who was super religious. And she was always like burning candles to this saint or that saint. Listen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's some pretty witchy stuff. <laughs> it is. So, it, it is. Yeah. And in our household, because my mother was psychic, mm-hmm. none of that stuff, like psychic stuff, was looked at was weird as weird. It was always mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I had a I had a dream or I had a sign. So yeah. that was like all part of our natural thing. And it's when I was going to school, suddenly people are like, wow, you're really weird. And I'm like, <laughs> what's weird about that? You know, some kids didn't get it. Uh, the other thing too, uh, with it having a stigma, I didn't realize there was a stigma to tarot. Okay. until I began working as a tarot reader. Really? Okay. That's the, yes. Because again, I was isolated. I was doing my own thing. But when I actually started really reading for the public, yeah, that's when I came across people who would, they'd like put up a little cross with their fingers and hiss at me. Wow. Or some people would back, yes. Or they'd back away and they'd be like, oh my God, that's the work of the devil. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I did not hear that until I was in my 20s. So 30 mm-hmm. years ago, uh, that is the attitude that was there. And it's so fascinating because in my childhood, I could let these skills flower without yeah. any interference. But as soon as I started actually as an adult working, that's when I came across people that really had some fear with it. And it blew me away. I'm like, I can't believe you're scared of these Mm. cards and I'm really nice. Why would you be scared of this? But you know, some people's belief systems really have a lot of fear. So there was a lot of stigma. I had a lot of flack. I would get hate letters. I mean, all kinds of things. I was one time reading at a bar and some guy came up and started threatening to beat me up because he was so mad. This is how it was back in the day. He was so mad that I, oh my God, somebody ended up kicking his ass. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they dragged him out of there and kicked his ass. But I mean, here, this was very, very frightening. It is not like that anymore. It is so much better. Mm. And more people think it's cool now. And I think that goes back to people not understanding either how it works and what the images mean and the interpretations and I guess you know if you were to look at some of those sword cards they do look quite confronting and yeah or the devil card or the death card true people see them and they get frightened they see the devil they think this means devil worship I'm like it has nothing to do with devil worship yeah it has nothing to do with that but again um People sometimes have these ingrained beliefs, and I'm not a convert. I'm not here to convert anybody. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. look, if you don't believe, if you don't like it, I don't care. Then don't listen to it. Don't play with it. Don't touch it. Move away from it. Leave it alone. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't. I think it's actually really harmful for us to put ourselves in a position where we have to try to convince someone that this is good stuff. If they That's don't right. believe it, you're wasting your energy. Yeah, very true. So true. And um, just before we move on, I wanted to say that, you know, like we've talked about, it's much easier these days. Everyone seems to be a little more open-minded compared to when you were starting out. And that's, um, you know, through people like yourself, honouring it and keep going with it. And you've been doing it for a long time. So I think there's an opportunity there to just say thank you so much for doing what you do for as long as you've done it and, and sharing it via books and everything and your podcast, because it certainly makes it a lot easier for people like us to do what we do. Well, thank you. Uh, 
It wasn't easy, but I was not going to be deterred. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no one was going to stop me. Well, I'm a very stubborn, stubborn person. And when someone says, well, this is this is a problem. Girls shouldn't do that or this and that. I'm like, oh, well, now, of course, I have to do it. Yeah, wait. And so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, back in the early days of my career, there was a lot of flack. And I just think it's so amazing now I never get flack for that. If I tell people, yeah, you know, tarot, right away they're like, oh, my God, you're a tarot reader, or mm. oh, my God, you know, astrology. <laughs> that is much different than mm-hmm. how it was back then. So I'm, I'm, I will also say I'm grateful for the Internet. The Internet has made that better. It's yeah. made it a lot better. That's awesome. So many of our listeners are new to tarot. We get a lot of emails um, requesting information. So we'd love to pick your brains about it all. So first of all, can you give us a breakdown of major arcana cards and the court cards and what are these used for in a reading? Sure. Um, In a traditional tarot deck, there's 78 cards. There are newer decks that come out with more cards. I'm a purist. I prefer the decks that are 78, the standard, because you've got everything that you need contained in that deck. And the tarot cards depict different parts of our life and our spiritual life. They depict our journey and the things we're dealing with on earth and the people that might be playing a role in our lives. And there's three different parts. There's actually two different parts to tarot, but I'd say there's three. There's major arcana, there's minor arcana, and then there's the court cards. So the majors they symbolize the bigger picture, our lessons. They symbolize the things we may not have total control over that show up in our lives to really help us to grow. So I look at the major arcana as like, okay, this is all about the journey that you're on and what you're learning at this time. And the court cards can represent the people in our lives who might be impacting our situation. They can represent us and the different facets of our personality or what we're bringing to the table or what we need to bring to the table. Court cards also, this is why they're tricky. They can sometimes represent messages, actions. Mm. Uh, They can represent a completion of a situation, stages of a situation. So reading court cards takes time to really get them down. But in general, they're people. Okay. That's fascinating. And so um, moving into the minor arcana cards of pentacles, wands, swords, and cups. So the minors, they represent our day-to-day life. This is all the stuff that really um, is about, you know, how we're living our lives. It's the stuff we have some control over. So uh, wands represent enterprise, work, passion. It's the element of fire. Uh, What's next? Uh, cups. Yep. Look at me. I'm trying to think which order you set it in. I'll just call you whatever order. <laughs> you just do you. <laughs> yeah. So the cups represent our emotions, our sentimental life, uh, the people we love, how we're connecting with others. And it's also the um, water element. And uh, swords represent our thoughts, our challenges, conflicts in our life. By the way, nobody likes the swords because of that. Some of those swords cards yep. are a little bit scary. They're a bit um, graphic, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. Definitely. They are. But they also represent uh, the air element, and they can represent our our ideas, our you know things of that nature. It yeah. has a lot to do with our mind. Mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, is the pentacles, and the pentacles represent money. They represent our work, our values. Um, the things we're planting and trying to grow, and they're connected to the earth element. 
Mm. Okay. And I know you touched on before about uh, the devil and death cards, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that when you've done readings for people and if they come up, some people would look and shit Cry. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so can you yes. uh, touch on, like, what they actually represent? Absolutely. So the death card, despite its fearsome image, is all about transformation. It is about letting things go to make room for the new. It And, and you know, here's the thing. I like to think of... Like sometimes a forest has to be burnt down for new life to begin. And a yeah. burnt forest is a pretty scary thing. Transformation mm. is scary. Rebirth is scary. Change is scary. Sure and I is. think for a lot of people, you know, when they think, oh, my God, my life is going to change. Or, oh, my God, I need to change. Or there's a change that's happening. Yeah. That it's is something changing. where you don't. <laughs> yes. And you don't feel like you're in control. And yeah. the death card is basically about surrendering to change, embracing change, and being cool with it. So it is a card of transformation. And then the devil card is about obsession, bondage, those those things where we get really stuck, where we get ourselves roped into something, we Mm. can't get out, we can't see a way out. There is a way out, but we think we can't see it. And so it's often associated with addiction, uh, Mm. other situations where you may be feeling really stuck, it could represent like toxic relationships, negative thinking. So the devil card is more about that is how are we getting ourselves chained into something that's not good for us? Okay. That makes sense. Another card too that um, we have had a bit of discussion about in a previous podcast and also on our Instagram is the tower. So I think some people have a love-hate relationship (laughs) with the tower card. So how do you feel about it? Well, I have a love-hate relationship with the tower too. I mean, I want to see the sun card 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see you right. You know, give me the ace of pentacles. Give me the sun. Give me the four <laughs> wands. I'm set. But the tower <laughs> card is a card of it's a downfall. It's chaos. It's change. Again, that C word. It's liberation. <laughs> I mean, it and it is a card also of enlightenment. So the one thing I see when I look at the tower is like, okay, Now's time where a lot of things are coming, tumbling down. It's going to suck for a minute, but you're going to get a wake-up call and you're going to walk out of this situation much smarter and clean and ready to start something new. So the tower represents those moments in our lives where things come to a head, where a situation explodes or implodes, where we have to take a scary leap. And whatever foundation things were built on, they probably weren't sturdy anyways. It probably needed to go. So and, like you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that could be scary for people. I mean, think about, like, for example, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, it's not a good relationship, yeah. but you're hanging on whatever because maybe you're afraid that you're not going to meet somebody new or this is all you're going to get. And then suddenly the relationship disintegrates and now you're alone and you're yeah. starting over. It's scary, but there's also that chance to do something completely new and healthy. So the mm-hmm. tower is kind of like that energy. It's like, Something needs to come to a head and come down so you can rise up. Mm. Well, thank you for explaining that. That's beautiful. It's less scary you, yeah, hearing you explain it, but it's still, yeah, it's such a, um intimidating one, isn't it? It is, but, you know, here's the thing with so-called good cards versus bad cards. Yeah. You can find something positive and negative in every card. Mm, yeah. Like, for example, the sun. The sun is my favorite card in the deck. The sun mm-hmm. is about joy and abundance, but the sun can also represent immaturity. It can represent refusing to see the shadows and being one of those people who do that spiritual bypassing crap. 
Oh, I mean, yes. so the sun can be negative too. The sun also, remember, it's beautiful. It warms things up. But if you stare at it, it burns your eyes out. So, yeah, it's, you know, we yeah. have to look at also that I like to say the cards are actually very neutral. There's really not a good card or bad card. Yeah. You can find both in either. It's the same like astrology. You know, you'll hear people say, oh, this is bad. That's a bad chart. Mercury retrograde, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm. It's all energy. It's how you work with it. That's all. It's energy. So true. It's so refreshing to almost step away from, you know, that side of it, the interpretations, whether it's good or bad, and just look at it as information. It's information, exactly. This is information. This is what you need to know. So when I see the tower card come up, I'm like, okay, I better pay attention here. I better pay attention to what needs to go. I don't look at it like, oh, my God, I'm screwed. It's like, what's going on? Where do I need to make a change? Where do I need to accept something? You know, mm -hmm. and the same like when I look at astrology, I, I do daily forecasts over on Instagram. And I also like to say it's about being prepared, not scared. And so when I look at astrology and the aspects of the day, I never look at it like, oh, my God, the moon is in this sign and it's Mercury retrograde. Oh, this is terrible. It's like, okay, well, Mercury's retrograde. Let's slow down. Yes. Let's choose my words with care. If yeah. the moon is in a sign maybe that I don't fancy, well, how am I going to work with that energy? What are some of the things I should be doing on this moon? And you go from there. That's it. I mm. love just that. Guide, they're guideposts. It's what you yeah. do. Yeah, like awareness. That. Yeah. That's... It's all awareness. Definitely. And what you do with it is up to you, isn't it? If you want to go ahead in your day with that awareness or if you want to stay in bed all day and just pretend that day is not happening <laughs> right and you know, some which people most of do, us don't have that pleasure to do <laughs> some people do also what I call astral excuses okay, where they'll yeah. look at something like oh my god I've got this terrible aspect in my chart right now so this is why nothing's succeeding it's like wait a minute, that, that doesn't make sense. You may have all the bad cards, all the bad this or that, but what are you going to do with it? And one mm. of the things I like to refer, I refer to myself like the Tim Gunn of tarot and astrology. Tim <laughs> Gunn is from Project Runway. And Project Runway is a show where they do fashion. Yeah. And sometimes they have these really impossible challenges. And he comes in and he looks at, at these things they're making and he's like, I don't like this, but make it work. And that's how we have to think about astrology and tarot and life in general. Make it work. How can mm. you make this work? Sometimes making it work means you've got to ask for help. Sometimes it means that you've got to maybe take a different course. And again, the stars, the cards, they show you the energy. If you don't like it, make it work. Mm. So true. It really so is. sobering listening to you talk about it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Same here. Same here. And yeah, I'm just so glad you're here to talk with us about this and debunk a lot of things too because I know a lot of people in particular, Mercury retrograde, everyone goes into this panic of, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's true. It's what you say. It's like get educated, be aware of what the possibilities are so that you can prepare and move forward, move through it. Right. Yeah. Don't fear Mercury retrograde. Work with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with again, with tarot and astrology, it's like I like to think of salmon. Now, salmon, what do they do? They swim upstream and they go up there and they die. Don't be the salmon. Move with the energy. Move with the stream. <laughs> and then you're going to be fine. You're going to flourish. You know, you'll you'll live your life in a better way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> so I would love to know, Teresa, how important is ceremony and ritual within your own life? I'm a very informal person. 
but I'm very structured, which is very weird. Mm. But I'm a Gemini, so now I'm going to use an extra <laughs> excuse. It said dual. It said dual nature. So there's some things in my life that are extremely structured. You know, mm-hmm. my day is. Uh, I like to say my my day, my way of life is very ritual. Mm-hmm. It's like I got to get up. I've got to do certain things. I got to do my yoga, my meditation. You know, so there are certain rituals throughout the day that I have to do. When I work with tarot, there's always ritual involved around that. The shuffling of the cards is a ritual. The preparing my office is a ritual. So ritual actually plays a very important role in my life. But I'm also very informal. I'm not one of those people that has okay, now it's this day or that day and I have to do this and that. I don't do that. I don't, I don't belong to any kind of organized groups. I don't belong to any organized belief systems. Uh, I like to say I'm nice to all the gods just in case, but nothing (laughs) there is very structured. So I don't have like such a firm set of beliefs that I have to go along with certain rules. Rules Mm. don't work for me. And that's why I like to say, again, I'm informal but mm-hmm. my life is very structured and there's certain rituals to everything that I do. And there's also things I'm very superstitious about too. Mm. And yet I consider I'm not a superstitious person, but <laughs> I'm, one of the things I'm very superstitious about is food. It's like Why? who's making yeah. my food. And when I'm cooking, cooking is my jam. Cooking is everything for me. Nice. I love to cook. It's also very ritualistic. Yeah, Everything has to get set up a certain way. We put the right music on. We go to work. We make the food. We really think about what we're imbuing it with. And yeah. then we want to sit down with people we love and enjoy it. Mm. So food is, I'm very ritualistic about my food. I used to also be ritualistic with how I ate it. Like I would oh. eat one thing first, then one thing next, and another thing next. Wow. And I don't know why I would do that, but that was just also something. And ritual. we may not consider that ritual, but it is a ritual. And yeah. it's for you. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. very kitchen witchy yeah very kitchen witchy <laughs> very i love it you're singing my song <laughs> um Teresa, your website is so much fun especially your bullshit meter and sentences with cuss word graphs you say in your bio i believe that nothing is fated that everything is fluid can you elaborate on this for our listeners please yes well i'm i also am not a fatalistic person Because if I was, if I believed everything I was told, my life would be very, very different. It'd be extremely different. You know, we're told a lot of things when we're children, like this is the way it is. You're going to grow up. You're going to do this. And that's the way it is. And I I was also like, nah, that's not the way it is. And I think when it comes to things like tarot and astrology, too, I don't look at it like, well, you got a bad astrology chart. looks like you're going to be an alcoholic now. You're screwed. It's like, oh. There's a sensitivity to alcohol. Let's watch that. So That's I think right. that there are certain things in our lives that we can't explain, that some things are faded, like maybe, you know, certain people we meet or choices that we think we're making that are kind of made for us. So there's a little bit of fate, but there's always that thing that nothing's set in stone. Mm, we yep. can change course. And I mean, I've had readings with people too who have a very fatalistic attitude about readings. And oh, really? I'll get those. T- oh, yeah. And I'll get those results. Yeah. Mm. If I don't like it, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, this is a terrible, terrible future. Now I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at how I could work with it. One of my favorite stories is a couple of years ago, uh, my astrology buddies were looking at my chart like, oh, my God, 
your chart right now is terrible. You're coming into this terrible period. You are going to be so broke. Oh my god! And I'm like, really? Oh, They're like, oh, I know. Some people are like that, though. And like, Saturn's going into your second house. I'm like, oh, Saturn. Well, I like Saturn. I like <laughs> the bad boys, please. And so, one of the things that I know about Saturn. Oh my god, I love bad boys. But one of the things I know about Saturn is Saturn like structure. And so I'm like, okay. So the second house, hmm, it's money. So mm-hmm. I'm going to set a goal for myself. And my goal was I'm going to pay off my mortgage early. Nice. And so I created a budget. I sat down and worked out this budget, a really hard core budget. And yeah. I even had people tell me, why would you want to pay your house off early? I'm like, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so I got really super serious about money during that period where Saturn was moving through my second house. And I was like clipping coupons. I mean, and I was really living super lean, but I paid off my house 14 years early. Oh yeah, my goodness. Because I got down to business. I didn't look at Saturn like, oh my God, you're broke. I looked at Saturn like, I'm going to work with you. Didn't I'm going to do excuse. the thing you like the most. Saturn loves structure. Right now, Saturn's in my fourth house, which is all about the home. And we're about to begin some renovations here, which mm. before Saturn went into that house, I started saving up for it. So I've got the money set aside now. And now it's all about, let's get a couple much-needed renovations done. Let's make it, again, make it work. So mm-hmm. that's an example, again, of the future. There may be some elements of fate, but there's certain things you can work with. And again, sometimes for some people, there's situations where it's not that simple. Sometimes yeah. the biggest thing you can do is ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, because we still have free will, right? I mean, you can get the information. Yes. We've got our free will to, like you say, to ask for help or to act on things to enable you to move through things in a more solid way. I love how you just um, use that example of saving and being structured to move through that because you knew what you were up against. So you had Absolutely. a plan to sort of mitigate that. <laughs> and we can use, we can, again, I like to say the cards never lie, but how we show up. Yeah. We might change, bend the way it works. Like one of my other favorite stories, I love telling this one. Many, many years ago, I was dating this guy. He was kind of a cad. And he was seeing somebody <laughs> else. And I, I'm I'm psychic. I'm like, are you seeing this person? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not. We're just friends. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe this. So I went and got a tarot reading. And got a tarot reading. And, you know, it, well, anyhow, there's a little more to the story. But anyhow, he ended up having to admit that he was kind of seeing her and kind of seeing me. And I'm like, eh, let me go get a tarot reading. I got a tarot reading. And all I remember about the reading is the one card at the end. It was the three of wands. And the person said, oh, you and him are going to work out. Everything's going to work out. And she's going to be on the outside looking in. And I was like, oh. And I went home and I dumped him immediately. I did wow. exactly the opposite of what this lady told me wow. because I'm like, you know what? I don't like people who are not honest. I'd rather have you be mm. straightforward and tell me something I don't like because now we can, now we can like bargain. And so I dumped him and that was it. I was done. And I'm very cut and dried about my love life. So I was like done over. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is he did marry her and they were together a number of years. They got a divorce and then we became friends again. And we're still wow. really good friends to this day. And I was visiting him once and we were in a pizza parlor and we're having a slice of pizza. And all of a sudden here she is and she walks by and she stops and she's looking in the window. She was on the outside of the restaurant looking in. Wow. So the cars were like, <laughs> they still worked out, but oh I mean, goodness. I shifted in a different some way in a very different way. And it was 20 years after the fact. Wow. 
Isn't it a great story? But I mean, first of all, it shows number one that the reading did work out, but also number two, she's giving me this advice and giving me this, and I'm like, Mm. yeah, I'm going to go change that. Nope, I'm about to burn that bridge. I love that. You know, (laughs) so and using your own discernment as well. I think that's really important. Yes, and I think that's really important for people to hear that with when it comes to like tarot and astrology. A reader can do a very great job. They can see a lot of things. They can give you guidance, but you still kind of got to trust what feels right for you. Mm, Absolutely. And it's important to honor that. It's so important to honor your own intuition. And a good tarot reader or astrologer gives you room to do that. They don't say, Mm. well, here's your future. And it looks like that's the way it's going to be. They're like, okay, here's the possibilities. Here's some of your options. Now go out there and make a good, go out there and make good decisions. Mm. And that's how love it should it. be. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I would love to ask you, is there a particular quote that resonates with you deeply and would you mind reading it to our listeners? So this can be from your own work or the work of someone you admire. This is my, I've got a lot of quotes I love. I love quotes, mm-hmm. but I've Same. got one that I adore. And so the quote is from Dame Edith Sitwell. And it goes like this. I'm not eccentric. It's just that I am more alive than most people. I am an unpopular electric eel set in a pond of goldfish. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) I love that because it really sums up how I feel, you know, about being eccentric and being different and being weird or whatever you want to call it and doing my own thing, individuality. And again, Mm. if we come back to that word, which freedom, that is important to me, nonconformity, freedom individuality these are the things that drive me mm. i love that gets Being me in trouble too yeah, yeah. Bet. <laughs> yes it gets you into trouble and you know again i grew up in a very different time you know i, I remember the 60s and the 70s oh, it was a very different luck. time mm-hmm. yes and so mm-hmm. back then the idea of i mean i remember when i started my own business my parents were horrified like, mm. oh, my God, in a tarot business, they were horrified. They were like, what <laughs> What are we going to tell people? And they couldn't believe that it would work out, you know, because, well, first of all, my, my dad was very, my father was 50 when I was born. He was born in 1915. Wow. So he was a real old guy. Wow. And he could not understand the thought of a woman running her business. Yeah, it's a very different tarot. time. <laughs> yeah, let, let alone, alone tarot. tarot business. <laughs> so, you know, again, a different time. And that got his attention. Being, <laughs> Yes, it did. But being able to say, no, I'm going to do whatever I want to do anyways. Nah, I don't care if you like it. You know, that takes takes some ovaries to do that. Absolutely. It takes some sass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you've got to want your individuality. You've got to want your freedom more than anything to live your life the way you see fit. And that's really hard to do when people work very hard to try to put you in a box Mm. and they still do that i mean there's so many boxes people want to put other people in it's like let people do their thing get off people's ass what yeah great yeah Mm. all right Teresa. our final question is on the podcast we have a divine tool of the week each episode to share with our listeners is there anything in particular that you love working with in ritual Okay, one of my favorite things are these sprays. And so I've got a whole bunch of sprays. There's a couple companies who make them. Mm. Um, I've got one handy for writing. And sprays are great because, you know, a lot of people, they'll use like incense. But if you're sensitive to scent and smoke, incense can be 
not a good thing for a lot of people. And sometimes also like white sage is being really over harvested. Mm. Uh, so there, there's a lot of stuff we don't want to be touching, yeah. uh, either for your health reasons or because again, we want to be respectful to the land, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yes. Sustainability. And I'm a huge fan of sprays and I am always spraying every morning. I spray myself with my sprays nice. yeah. before I'm doing any kind of ritual. We're always clearing energy yeah. and they work just as good as, um, incense and the companies I love, there's one called I love love and it's <laughs> E Y E love, love oh. there. Her sprays are amazing. Another one is a company called by a Lynn. So, so good. And so I am like a spraying maniac. And I think <laughs> these are great tools because first of all, they're aromatherapy based. So you're getting all those wonderful scents, Yeah. but, and, and I'm a, I think, aromatherapy really works. I'm a big fan of it. It mm. creates the mood. I have different sprays for every different type of thing you could imagine. I have <laughs> sprays for like boundaries. I have sprays for clearing energy. I've got sprays. This one here that I have is for writing. It's mm. to put you in the writing mood uh, because I'm here. I'm going to go back to ritual. I'm very ritualistic with my writing, but I want to always create a mood. And I yeah. think for ritual, we want a mood. And so you set the mood however you do. But these sprays are my favorite. And it's something I'm always telling people who are scent sensitive or who cannot use smoke in their rituals, get these sprays. They're yeah. wonderful. And I got to tell you, when I spray, like sometimes my kids come over, I'm like, let me spray you with this. You're feeling kind of weird today. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's all about clearing and cleansing energy. Lovely. Hi. Totally resonate with that because before we did our podcast today, yeah, I have um, there's an Australian company called Shimana, and this Ooh. is a crystal clearing mist, which is to be used in place of sage. And yeah, so that's what I sprayed all around the room before we got online to do this Zoom. And oh yeah, I use it um, in women's circles too. So there's a heart centered yes. one, um, a savasana one, there's a shaman one. So yeah, they're they're beautiful. They're amazing. I'm, and I mean, I'm also into essential oils and all kinds of oil blends too. Awesome. Uh, you know, I, I love all that stuff. Um, but these sprays are like my jam. I'm like, once <laughs> I discover these sprays, I'm like, I don't need incense anymore. Awesome. Yeah. I'll use the sprays. And I take them with me when I travel. They're every single day. I wake up in the morning, boom, 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 energy clearing. Before There's I go to bed at that. night. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's put a calming mist on before I go to bed. Let's put a little lavender spray. I mm. love that stuff. I swear by it. Swear by it. So good. So get out there, people, and get yourself some clearing mists and, yeah. All different, life. yeah. Myself mm -hmm. and my girls, we even because um, I've got oils and that, and I'm a bit kitchen witchy myself, but I like making things. So we make we often make sprays together, and you know, make our moon water, and then you know, add a bit of that with yes. our you know lavender and all different sorts, and it's just nice. It's nice to do together, and then they spray each other in their rooms, and <laughs> yes, it's so wonderful. And again, scents, it's so oh my gosh. Scent really does create a lot for us. I remember when I was a kid in church and they were burning all that frankincense. Yes. Right away that that tells you this is something sacred about to happen. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I think I think scent is very important. And these sprays, I mean, I am all about them. I think they're such a great addition 
to your ritual. And, you know, a lot of people also take ritual baths. I'm not a bath person. I'm a shower person. Mm. I don't have the patience to lay in a tub. <laughs> but I do like the whole idea of, again, water as a magical thing. And these sprays mm-hmm. are kind of like you're doing the same thing without yeah. having to sit your butt in that tub. I love that. <laughs> it's so true. I've never thought about it that way, but it is so right. A bath on the go. <laughs> yes, a cleansing bath on the go. Oh, that's appealing. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> that's good and it's accessible, so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, Teresa, do you have anything brewing that you would love to share with our podcast, Coven, and how can everyone find you and your incredible work? Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, people can always find me at thetarolady.com. That is my official website. And you can find me on social media. I'm always at the Tarot Lady. That's my handle on everything. <laughs> so you can find me everywhere. On TikTok, though, I'm the Tarot Lady official, but I don't do much on TikTok. So forget about TikTok. <laughs> and I do, have, I do have two things brewing right now. I have a book coming out in May. Mm. It's actually a little kit called Create Your Own Tarot Cards. And it's a kit where I wrote the intro. And Adrienne Hawthorne is an amazing artist that in this book, she shows people how to come up with a theme, how to paint, what tools to use. And there's 80 cards in the back that you can pull out and you can like use to paint and design your own deck. So that's it's so it's so fun and then in august i have a my next book coming out called twist your fate manifesting success through tarot and astrology and it's all about how to use tarot and astrology to find your life purpose to figure out your best work to uh figure out how to show up in your work and Mm. how to solve problems with your career uh so it's a book um that I've, I wanted to write really bad because a lot of the people I've worked with over the years are people in business and I've yeah. got this weird head for business. So this is all the stuff I do with my clients who are trying to figure out their work, their purpose and how to show up in their very best version of themselves. I that love sounds incredible. That. Yeah. yeah. I think we might have to get you back on to speak about your new work. That sounds yeah. right up our alley. When that book's out. I would be delighted. Might even poach you for the our sister podcast. Turns out she's psychic. <laughs> we'll fight <Ooh>. over you. <laughs> I'm all about that stuff. I could talk about psychic stuff a lot because I grew up around it. Nice. All right. Well, you're going to be busy with us and we're going to get to know each other really well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us today and um, full disclosure to the rest of our listeners, this is take two at this podcast. So you're amazing. Thank you so much for being generous with your time and your understanding and, of course, your knowledge and bringing it to us and our listeners. We know it's going to be beautifully received. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was so much fun, Shan. What a great tarot chat with Teresa we just had. She is amazing and just a wealth of knowledge and I knew she would be the perfect person to get on the podcast to talk about all things tarot and then the astrology was a bonus. I can't wait to get back on. Well, that's it. Yeah, we'll get her back on for an episode obviously on this one and then over on Turns Out She's Psychic as well. I think we could definitely pick her brains over there. Definitely. Cool. Thanks again to Teresa. And just a reminder that any of the links to her socials and all of that will will definitely appear in the show notes for this episode. Um, So moving on to our wonderful, beautiful Patreons. I've got five new names to read out. Thank you to Sean, Michelle, 
Beck, Elizabeth and Issa. Your contributions are very much appreciated and um, we are continuing to add things over to our Patreon site um, and Shan's going to, you know, give us an update on that. But a quick reminder to anybody um, any new Patreons that decide to um, join us on the 25th of this month, being March, <laughs> at 8pm Sydney time, we're going to have our um, live Q&A for the month for our Patreons. So it's a little yes. party time, a little opportunity to sit down and have a chat with Tracy, uh, Shannon and myself for all the Patreons that have signed up. Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. and. Bring your brew of choice and yes. ask us some questions and have a have a chat. Have a chat. Any yeah. excuse to sit down with a brew of and choice a <laughs> and a chat. I'm there. <laughs> and we are working on some great little bonuses for our Patreons to show you all how much we love you and appreciate you supporting us. So there are um, two guided meditations coming up for new moon and full moon so you can use them to help you invoke that energy and also for my photography page there is a 20% discount exclusively for our Patreons and it will give you a a discount off oracle decks um, ritual tools and also my fine art prints and altar prints so yeah just to say thank you and so amazing thank you (laughs) my pleasure my absolute pleasure and there will be more things we've got lots of things brewing um to add to our patreon as we go along because we are very new to this so yeah (laughs) yeah and there's always things that you know come up so it's good to be able to keep that site a bit more interesting a bit more interactive as well Definitely, definitely. But, yeah, thank you to everyone for tuning in and for joining us again this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, yeah, we can't wait to be back with you next week. Yeah, that's right. Take care wherever you are. Bye. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout-out on the podcast, there's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time, thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. <laughs>